WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. Former President Donald Trump has been arraigned on criminal charges related to hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. However, he's not the first U.S. president accused of breaking the law. Political historian and author Rick Rubino says that Warren G. Harding was involved in the Teapot Dome in the 1920s, at the time considered the greatest scandal in American political history. There were scandals within the administration involving the leasing of public lands, one of which was called Teapot Dome in Wyoming. And eventually, after Harding, Harding dies in 1923, and Harding, who was extremely popular while he was president, later in life becomes extremely, um, it becomes almost a tribune of political scandal. Trump pleaded not guilty today to the 34 charges he's facing. Many involve falsifying business records. Congressman Bill Heisinger is keeping an eye on how Ukraine uses the billions of dollars the United States has been giving it to defend itself against Russia's invasion. He tells us he took part in a House Foreign Affairs Committee hearing last week featuring inspectors general with the Defense Department. Heisinger says it's important that Ukraine be transparent. We do need to support Ukraine, both with humanitarian aid as well as with military aid, in my opinion. But I want to make sure that I can go back to the voters and say, look, we have uh, proof that those dollars are going to where they need to be delivered and where they are going to be best used, that they're not being abused, they're not being wasted, there, there isn't the graft and waste that could happen. Heisinger says Ukraine was until recently known as one of the most corrupt countries, and European allies are also watching closely how their aid is being used. He does note progress has been made in Ukraine on cleaning up previous issues. He says he's satisfied with the information the House has been able to get. Michigan Works has announced round two of two application periods is now open for the Going Pro Talent Fund. It's a state grant program that provides employers with funds to train their workers. Berrien County Business Solutions Manager Michael Bonpremier tells us Michigan Works last year helped secure $2.5 million in going pro funds for local businesses. I would say hundreds of employees we've been able to assist. Just last year in this first round of going pro for 2023 alone, it was just shy of 100 employees, ranging from different sectors and industries, from hospitality to manufacturing to healthcare. Going Pro allows employers to apply for funds to train both new and existing employees, and the dollars can be used for classroom training as well as on-site job training reimbursement for wages paid while training a new employee on a new process. There's increased employee retention as well as increased employee productivity because they're getting additional skills to make them more productive in whatever role they may currently exhibit. Mom Premier says Going Pro can also be used for apprenticeships. A business seeking support just needs to reach out to Michigan Works, and the organization will help them through the application process. Grant applications will be taken through May 24th. Benton Harbor City Commissioners have approved a $595,000 contract for the resurfacing of Pawpaw Avenue. At a meeting last night, commissioners hired L.E. Barber Incorporated for the work that will involve milling and resurfacing, along with curb and sidewalk ramp replacements on Pawpaw from Main Street to the Pawpaw River. The commission's resolution says the work will start as soon as possible and be finished by August 4th. The city has received a $346,000 state grant for the work, while the rest will be paid with local income tax revenue. How would you like to help build a railroad? The Michigan Flywheelers Museum in South Haven is offering everyone a chance to do just that as it prepares to construct a railroad of its own. 
Museum President Pat Ingalls tells us it's possible thanks to a donation. We were lucky enough to be given one of the House of David trains that was restored by Hanson Engineering in uh, Benton Harbor, and they gave the train to us, and we've since purchased some additional track, and we plan on making about a mile and a quarter loop around our property. The House of David installed three trains around its property back in the 50s. They were disbanded in the 70s, and the trains wound up in different places. One's in Ohio, one's at Lake Michigan College, and one is now at the Michigan Flywheelers Museum. Ingalls says they're going to use the train as a way to raise funds, noting it would just simply be fun to ride on it. Volunteers are needed to help lay track on April 29th and 30th. The tasks include clearing the route, laying railroad ties, installing rails, and more. Lunch will be provided and overnight camping will be available for volunteers. To sign up, just contact the Michigan Flywheelers Museum. An Earth Day celebration is planned at Waco Beach in Bridgman, set to feature a beach cleanup activity in conjunction with the Alliance for the Great Lakes Adopt-A-Beach program. The Bridgman Shoreline Resilience Committee says that everyone's welcome to come out and help on April 22nd from 1 to 3 p.m. They'll have refreshments and everyone will have a chance to learn about Michigan State University's first-of-its-kind citizen science coastal change monitoring program to protect beaches. MSU research technician Brendan Birchie will provide a slideshow on how coastline monitoring measures a shoreline's resiliency and also how drones are used to collect data. Parking at Waco Beach that day will be free for the event. Plans are already underway for the next Berrien Springs Pickle Festival. Village Community Coordinator Kelly Ewalt tells us the Pickle Fest was held back in the 90s, but it sort of fizzled out after reaching its peak. The village decided to bring it back in 2021, and it's been well-received. We've actually been pretty overwhelmed with the response for something that we thought we'd give a shot back in 2021. We're looking at our third year coming up, and it just keeps growing every year. Ewalt says the festival will be held on July 4th this year with some associated events in the week prior. That's as more things are added to match the demand. Last year, we added our royalty pageant, which that will be on June 17th. And we're going to have our In a Pickle 5K on June 18th, which is a great 5K race through Andrews University. We're also working on a pickleball tournament with the public schools here on June 25th. Ewald says Festival Day will feature the Pickle Fling, Big Wheel Races, Old Fashioned Pickle Games, a Pickle Decorating Contest, and the Pickled Piper Tasting Room. Yes, you can try all kinds of pickle foods. Ewald hopes everyone makes Berry and Springs part of their 4th of July plans this year, noting around 3,000 people came out last year. That's because the Pickle Festival is a big deal. And the Lake Michigan College Honors Program is hosting a forum on gun violence this Thursday. It'll run from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Fetig Lecture Hall on the LMC campus. The forum, which is open to the public and also available on Zoom, is an in-depth look at the effects that gun violence has on schools and communities. From the perspectives of policy and military experts, faculty, and healthcare workers, they'll share their experience on the issue and some ways to improve it. Panelists scheduled to speak include a doctor of behavioral studies from Columbia University, State Representative Joey Andrews, a retired National Guard Brigadier General, and two emergency department nurses from Corwell Health. For more on the events, you can see our story at WSJM.com. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. The arraignment has been held for former President Donald Trump. ABC's Dave Packer has a status update. Former President Trump indicted, arraigned, booked, fingerprinted, 
and now has pled not guilty to charges in a Manhattan federal court in Lower Manhattan. His long-term associate and former prosecutor and former New Jersey governor, Chris Christie. He thought he was too clever to ever wind up in this situation. Too clever, too careful, too smart to ever wind up in this situation. The charges stem from a hush money payment during the 2016 campaign. Meanwhile, the White House is continuing to stay quiet on former President Trump's arraignment. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre asked today about comments Trump made related to Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. Any form of, of uh, violence that is something uh, that we condemn from here, uh, but not going to get any anything that is touching or relating uh, to the case. We're just not going to comment from here. The former president now expected to return to Florida and speak at Mar-a-Lago tonight. Dave Packer, ABC News. A judge has warned former President Trump to refrain from rhetoric that could inflame or cause civil unrest. Trump, speaking briefly during his arraignment today, told the judge he was pleading not guilty and was advised of his rights by the judge. Judge Juan Merchan also warned Trump that he could be removed from the courtroom if he was disruptive, but Trump spoke only a few times to respond to questions. He's next due in court in December, but his lawyers asked for him to be excused from attending the hearing in person because of extraordinary security proceedings. Meanwhile, ABC's chief justice correspondent, Pierre Thomas, tells us Trump would do well to avoid a trial. If it gets to a trial, then it suddenly is in the hands of a jury, and it will be based on the presentation in court and the set of facts that the prosecution can present. So this beginning of the process gives you a hint of what's to come. It's a very somber moment. This is about business. And when you're in court, that's the thing that often strikes you, is that there's a certain amount of protocol and the fact that once the train starts down the track, it's started and there's nothing you can do about it until it's resolved. ABC's Ike Giochi was in Washington with some early reactions from protesters. Former President Trump spent his morning huddled with his legal team at Trump Tower, working the phones and speaking to aides as protesters outside his New York apartment continue to grow. I believe in the rule of law and the wheels of justice. And uh, I believe we're starting to see see them turn. There's no reason for him to be doing this, but he's here and he's like, and I know you get emotional, but like he could be sitting down in Mar-a-Lago. This wouldn't be happening. But instead, he's out there fighting for our people because he loves our country. Ike Jachi, ABC News, Washington. Finland has joined the NATO military alliance, dealing a major blow to Russian President Vladimir Putin with an historic realignment of Europe's post-Cold War security landscape triggered by Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. With the Nordic nation entering the world's largest security alliance, NATO's land border with Russia has doubled. Finland had adopted neutrality after its defeat by the Soviets in World War II, but its leaders signaled they wanted to join the alliance just months after Russia's invasion of Ukraine sent a shiver of fear throughout Moscow's neighbors. Putin has long complained about NATO's expansion toward Russia and partly used that as a justification for his invasion. After more than a year of the war, the U.S. is once again sending more military aid to Ukraine. More from ABC's Andy Field. More mobile rocket launchers, artillery, tank ammunition, and other military aid on its way from the U.S. to Ukraine. It is the 35th time the administration has authorized the use of presidential drawdown authorities to send much-needed assistance to Ukraine. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre detailing how the president is spending the already congressionally okayed military aid, which some Republicans do do not want to continue. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Mike Hill, a 61-year-old custodian who was among the six people killed in last week's attack at a Nashville elementary school, is being remembered for his loving nature, his culinary skills, and his faith. 
Hundreds of friends and family turned out for Hill's funeral today as, as, at Stevens Valley Church, where Pastor Jim Bach- Bachman said the hearts of the congregation were aching for the man they called Big Mike. He said Hill, who was a father to seven children, quote, hugged my kids and he hugged your kids and he knew them by name. Hill was among the three adults and three nine-year-old students who were killed in the March 27th mass shooting at the Covenant School. And the process of expulsion has begun against three Tennessee state lawmakers who took part in a march in favor of stricter gun laws. ABC's Sherry Preston has more on the protest and what happened afterwards. Mr. Trooper, please clear the balcony. We cannot hear what we're doing. That is what it sounded like during a big gun control rally in the Tennessee House of Representatives after the Covenant school shooting in Nashville. Among those filing into the state house in favor of tighter gun control were three Democratic state representatives. Their GOP colleagues accused them of using a bullhorn to lead the group and promptly stripped all three of their committee assignments. Now the Republican-led House has voted to start the process of expelling the three, declaring they violated rules of decorum during the protest. If it happens, it'd be the first time ever in Tennessee history. Sherry Preston, ABC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.